What's up? It's your girl here, Maya Sanita, and welcome to the Refine Nation Station. Hey, listen, my mission is to inspire others as they are refined in Christ. Stay tuned. Let's have a great time. Yeah. What's up, Refine Nationers? Welcome back to season two of Refine Nation Station, the podcast. Listen, we're going to go ahead and get into this. The name of the topic today is gospel music. Is it still gospel? But before we get started, go ahead and click subscribe. Go ahead and click follow. Go ahead and click like. Share with your friends, family, your aunties, your uncles, your nephews cousins, whoever you got to share it to as we go ahead and get this started. So let's talk about it. Um, We're going to talk about this music industry. We want to keep in prayer our music industry. We want to keep in prayer our gospel music industry specifically. But go ahead and let's get into it. Some of the things that I am going to talk about today is are we idolizing Christian or gospel celebrities? And have we as a Christian community um, lost the intent or the vision of what Christianity in regards to music is supposed to be? And are we looking to them, these artists, as inspiration when we should only be looking to God as our source. Now, as recent, we do know that Kirk Franklin, who is an ambassador of gospel music since before melodies from heaven and before Jesus is the reason, yeah, <laughs> for the season, yeah. Y'all know what I'm talking about, but let's go ahead and give honor to him for what the work he has done for the kingdom of God and is still doing. However, as a recent, I think some questions Questions have come up that have provoked many in the Christian and gospel music community. So let's take a look at the recent event that transpired at the BET Hip Hop Awards. Kirk Franklin performed a freestyle during this cipher portion of the award ceremony where a part of the lyrics in which he spoke were, I don't mean to preach, just trying to make you think I was a dirty dish. Now me and God sink like Biggie, Jay and Nas, the greatest capable, the lion and the lamb will bow down to the goat. We all went pause wait a minute when we heard the lion and the lamb will bow down to the goat like wait what what are you talking about here uncle kirk we all want to know so he did put out like a little uh pr to clean it up on twitter and the tweet said it was a metaphor so he said he was using the lion and the lamb metaphorically to say that everyone who thinks they're the best will someday bow down to the best, meaning Jesus, who is the ultimate greatest of all time. It's a hyperbole, not theology. But like a lot of us Christians, we're still kind of like, that doesn't make any sense because like no one's taking this literal. We're not going to take it literal because the Bible is a parable. So we know that it had another meaning, you know? So should we take what he said as just like gibberish or foolishness or entertainment? even. I'm thinking, man, this is kind of blasphemous, but that's just me, Maya Sunita. Now let's go ahead and take a closer look here as we look at what he was saying, because Jesus is referenced in the Bible as the lion and the lamb in the book of Revelation. And a goat looked upon as negative in the majority of the places within the Bible. We as Christians need to remember that we are to be in this world, but not of this world. That's what happened with Uncle Kirk. He is out there, you know, trying to fit in. And I 
I know that he has a calling in this. And sometimes, you know, I cannot really even imagine what he was going through or what he has been through in that level. My heart is compassionate towards what he's gone through and the experiences that, you know, he may or may not have had. But with that being said, we have to be careful as Christians to kind of remember that we can't be like the world. We have to be who God has created us to be, even if that means that a lot of times we may stand alone. And, uh, you know, this was a great example of that, where he was saying the goat as in the greatest of all time. But when we look at this from a Christian perspective, it is definitely not something that should be referenced or Jesus should be referenced as at any form and God should not be referenced as at any form. So I kind of, you know, was kind of thinking about that as well. Romans 12 and 2 says not to conform to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind that you may prove what is the perfect will of God. And I think this is something that we have to do on a daily basis, not just something that we do casually or when we first get saved, but continuously renewing our mind because we can get caught up in a lot of things. And because of that, we can react to a lot of things. Saying GOAT stands for the greatest of all time. And, and, and where there is some truth to that, we have to think about, well, what does the Bible say about that? Isn't the Bible where the standard of us as Christians, isn't that where it should begin? Kirk saying that Jesus is the GOAT, like the greatest of all time, seems just wrong. You know, the Bible talks about the GOAT as something that is cursed. And and when I think even deeper about it, and many other Christians as well have thought about this, um, we think about Baphomet, who is a little God, little G God, and its symbolization is a GOAT. And it reflects like transgenderism and satanic worship. And we see it in the pentagram and we see it in things like that. So it usually has a, a negative connotation to it. And it's definitely is something that we see more on a demonic side and uh, it, it's something that is separating of God. So only in Leviticus do we see goats as okay. And that's because we are using them as a sacrifice to God. But in Matthew chapter 25, 31, it talks about separating the sheep from the goats. Like, listen, you're either a sheep or you are a goat. And a sheep is the lion and the lamb, which is Jesus. Listen, let's think about this a little bit more before we say it. Like we want to reflect Jesus. We are created in the image of God. And that's where we want to stand with it. We don't want to be goats. We want to be sheep. So for uh, Kirk to reference goat, even if it is the greatest of all time, even if that's actually what he meant, like he could have said something different. He didn't have to finish on that line. He could have said anything else. He could have said the lion and the lamb will see the true lion of the and the lamb. Anything else. You know what I'm saying? He did not have to uh, use the word goat just to say the greatest of all time. That just didn't make sense to me. And so, you know, it could be a bit that we have a, a Daniel 2.22 thing going on where God is exposing a thing. And because he knows what lies within the heart of a person, that that darkness is being revealed. So maybe, I don't know. But the tweet has some kind of uh, understanding that he was just trying to use the wording of a thing or what have you. But whatever, yo, I still have questions. Listen, the primary rapper that used this phrase was LL Cool J when he had his CD called The Goat. Now, are we saying the greatest of all time? And of course, we know Muhammad Ali also said, I'm the greatest. I'm the greatest of all time. I get that. But who is Muhammad serving? I just wanted to put a pause. Wait, pause. Who is Muhammad serving now? That's the question. Muhammad Ali was not serving Jesus Christ. 
He had a different God. So should Kirk Franklin even have referenced that because there is no God like our God in whom we serve? Just a thoughtful foot to put out there. So as you know, those are some of the things that I thought about. Like, should we start separating uh, the Christian gospel music and the person? I think that's something that we really need to take a look at. Should we separate it? Are we supposed to separate it? Are we supposed to have it as a package deal? We have a Christian, uh, we have a gospel artist. We assume he's a Christian music artist. We assume that he's promoting Christ. Should that be something that we look at? Is it even possible to separate the two of it? I'm not sure. Let's think about it. So, you know, a lot of us, we go ahead out and we stand up for our artists like hey don't talk about Kirk don't talk about Beyonce don't talk about this artist don't talk about that artist like for real like you were supporting this artist so hard but you won't even support like your local pastor you're not even going to support your local church and like you don't even notice this celebrity personally all you know is their music so is there some kind of hypnotizing or hypnotization that is going on in this like these are things that maybe we need to take a step back and look at you know like we're not able to support our church but we'll support the artists will say shoot we want all the merch we want all the cds we want the books that they write we want everything but you go to a local church and they ask to take up a tithe and offerings and we're like look at them trying to take our money listen y'all not making sense i digress i digress listen i'm off of it i'm off of it it's cool so let but i just want to put that in your ear you know we're ready to give all our money i'm guilty of that we'll give all our money but won't give all out and give anything to the local church i do now let's get that straight i give my money to my church and God has blessed me because of it but these are things that I kind of think we need to think about so you know when I was younger one of the main things that my mom used to say when uh my brother and I were listening to a song was yeah the beat is nice but what are the words saying and maybe we need to take a moment and start saying yes this song is nice but what is God saying in concern of what this artist is doing and are we saying Jesus or are they just saying Jesus or when they say God are they referring to God in whom we serve are they referring to Jesus a lot of times if you go to a war ceremony there are times when you hear an artist say I like to thank God but what God are they really talking about are they talking about Jesus are they talking about Buddha are they talking about uh something Hinduism what God are they talking about so these are things that kind of maybe we need to sit back and think about you know like oh yeah they love god what god jesus make it clear for us so that we can know you know if we're supposed to be supporting you but these are things that uh, maybe you should think about the next time you turn on a song so i started thinking about like okay okay gospel music how did it all begin why do we call it gospel music in the first place maybe we are making an assumption and call and thinking that gospel music is be- supposed to speak about Jesus maybe we're making an assumption so I started doing like a little history just to kind of look it up and a little research and so the question is what is gospel music Wikipedia states gospel music is a style of Christian music that has both inspired and drawn from popular music traditions by definition gospel music can derive from any number of ethnic styles and religious traditions but in practice black American gospel music is the main genre basically and in times of slavery, when we think about back in the day, 1700s, 1800s, let's think about what happened then. In times of slavery, African Americans sang field hollers, as they call it, field hollers. Now we call it a call and response. But they would do that while they were working uh, in order to kind of build a tempo that would help with the speed of the work. It was a communication that was used to speak of hardship. And because of its commonality, it encouraged and created a 
bond amongst one another. So let's talk about Negro spirituals. As many African Americans began dedicating their lives to Jesus Christ, that's when they started seeing things like Negro spirituals and they began creating more songs that reflected the lifestyle that they wanted to live for Jesus and, and things of that nature. So maybe that was a way that God was given a revelation, but they also used uh, those Negro spirituals as a way to go ahead and kind of be creative to leave instruction for fugitive slaves to avoid being captured. You know, Wade in the Water was one of those songs that people say was used in order for the purpose that they would be able to successfully escape to free a free state. So that's what they would use those songs for. So now we're seeing that not only was the song used to uh, sing about Jesus, but the song was used as an undertone message in order to help set captives free. Listen, that actually speaks a lot if you think about it. It also helps. So that's what gospel music kind of has a word for, but there's a double thing there. So let's take a little bit of a deeper look on the, what it actually says in the Bible. Mark chapter 16 and 15, as many of you know, says, go ye all into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So we're going out and talking about Jesus Christ. It's a commission and more formally known as the Great Commission. So we should use that as the gospel, a way to provide teaching and revelation about our Jesus Christ. So, you know, I just had those things that kind of came to my mind, but let's think about all of these things. Here's some food for thought, or maybe even some discussion questions that we can speak of um, at a later date, or maybe you can inbox me, whatever you want to do. But could it be that as African Americans and in the African American community, that we have mislabeled our own sound? Could it be that at this time, because we hear gospel music most of the time more as inspiration, that we need to change the name? I don't know. Maybe we can call it positive culture music or something. Maybe we should look into changing the name of it so that people don't have such high hopes when the artist puts out a song. Or, or when artists create gospel songs, are they really leading people to Jesus? Or, you know, maybe it's just a means for generating income. Uh, nowadays, it's hard to make music with just or make money with just music. You know, maybe it's a start. Things like that. But have we gotten the original purpose in which it was created? Like, have we forgotten it? What do you guys think? Have we forgotten about it? Uh, maybe we should go back and look at how gospel music was actually setting people free and helping bring in people to freedom, you know, and maybe we need to do that spiritually. I'm talking about some of y'all to get it, catch it. All right. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure once again to like, subscribe or follow for any upcoming content. We're going to do this thing and it's going to be wonderful to the glory of God. You can find this podcast on Apple Music, Spotify, Pandora, as well as on several other platforms. And listen, if you're still listening to this and you have not given your life to Christ, now is a great time. Go ahead and give your life to Christ. Romans 10, 9. Confess out of your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. Believe in your heart. Then you will be saved. And one more thing before I go. I just want to let you know that Jesus loves you. And guess what? I do too. Be blessed.